I'm your host, Sarah Stevenson, and this is my co-host, Mike Stevenson. Hello, everybody. And tonight we'll be reviewing that ever-popular cult classic, Sleepaway Camp. Also known as Nightmare Vacation in the UK release. Yeah. It's a 1983 American slasher film with Mm. a bit of a difference. Mm -hmm. Yes, and it has been a very awesome camp classic. Next to... Friday the 13th one. Uh, all those good ones, yeah. Yeah. So we, all those nice movies like your Jasons and your Michael Myers, they're really fun movies, aren't they? Agreed. But nothing beats camp slasher films when you think about it. Yeah, yeah. All these innocent people go out there for an innocent time and, and they come home. Yeah, not yeah, That's all pretty right. much uh, narrows it down, Mike. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Can so, I just... Can I, just go through the producer director bit, or do oh, you shall, okay. you shall. Okay, okay. now I, I like these sort of things because sometimes uh, things jump out of there. Would work at you. Now mm. this is produced by uh, Jerry Silver and Michelle Tatsian. T A T O S I A N. I don't know how to pronounce it, and I apologise to Michelle for that. Now it was directed and written by Robert. Uh, Hiltzik. Yeah, a little hard to pronounce. Yeah, but, uh, yeah, half hard to get around. But it was a limited budget job. It was only $350,000, but a box office of $11 million. So you don't need to throw a bucket load of money at a movie to make it good all the time. It may be a good storyline. I keep saying that to Sarah that if you've got a good storyline before you make the film script, the screenplay, or whatever you want to call it, you got the good bones to make a good movie. Mm-hmm. What do you think? Quite right. Yeah. And this one was pretty much um, um, one of only the only Rob only film that Robert ever created. Uh, next to after he made the sequel, much much later in year two thousand eight, called Return to Sleepaway Camp, which was much many years later. Yeah. See, this movie was created in 1983, so it, it has been two very many years later when he created that one. Apparently. And he handed it over to, um, well, he handed it over to some other directors of it. Um, he, yeah, well, maybe, maybe, saw, maybe, didn't you say he got out of the business? Uh, yeah, he did for a bit, and yeah, yeah. he sold the rights to the producer, Jerry Silver, for the series. Yeah, there you go, so he... He got some money out of it, and he went away. And he did didn't he? Did he say that um, Robert Hillside became an accountant or something? Robert, yeah, he or? did, and yeah. he forgot about uh, um, filmmaking for a bit. Even though this one has become its major cult classic, yeah, he's probably made a few dollars it for has mm. probably made a lot of fan screenings here and there. You exactly, know? it has has been. Um, continues to grow the fan base a lot. Yeah, I like cult films sometimes better than the ordinary films because I mean, mm. I wouldn't say the other ones are too samey, but they're a bit of a, to me, sometimes they're a little bit too polished mm. and too good. And sometimes when you get the cult classics, they're a little bit rough around the edges, which gives them more personality. Mm, quite right, mm. Mike. So, um, who stars in this film anyway? Well, a lot of people star in it, but. I'm going to mention two people in it because to me they're the main people that the story centres around. The main actor, actor. is a young lady by the name of Felissa Rose. Mm. Now she plays an Angela Baker mm. in this uh, movie. Now her cousin, uh, Ricky Thomas, is played by Jonathan 
Thurston. Mm. Now, um, there are other people in there. Who's the guy that who played? Who, who was a camp owner, manager guy? Guy. He um, let me see. Um, let me see. He was. Um, his name's Mike. I don't know his last name. <laughs> Mike something. Like We're going to run down here. Mike Kellen. Now. I believe that Mr. Kellen, he played a river rough nut sort of uh, camp owner, manager, and I believe what I heard, this was his last film because he passed away that same year. Yeah. So uh, it was a bit of a shame, mm. but he was, he wasn't a young man, but he wasn't overly old either. Yeah. So it's, yeah. Another person I'd like mm. to care to mention was another person <coughs> that starred in this was Robert Earl Jones, and he's the father of. James L. Jones, yeah, you know him from um, who played in in, in Star Wars as Darth did Vader the voice of for Darth the voice, Vader. and he and he played had the vo- he played the voiceover for um, Mufasa in Lion King. He did too. The the um, other version. I didn't recognize his face. But, well, both yeah. versions actually. Oh, yeah. He did the live action one as well as uh, this. But actually, the, uh, he was, he, one. the first time I saw him, he was in. Um, a TV miniseries called Roots, mm. I believe. Alex Haley wrote a book about uh, Afro-Americans being, uh, yeah, how they were, they were stolen from Guinea or wherever they came from and brought there, and he actually played the uh, a major role in that. Mm-hmm. So that. Yeah, so it goes back a bit. He's been around for a while. Anyway, it's not about James anyway, it's about his dad. He, mar- he married three times as a young man. He married Ruth um. in... Who was um, um, James L. Jones's mum? And when his mother oh, and yeah. dad separated, he was born, and he never saw his father until the uh, 1950s. Yeah, so, yeah, so, so, so Robert got married. For, yeah, well, yeah, yeah. So yeah. They now can, I'm with you. Mm. Yes, I just thought you might like to know a little bit of backstory so behind go, James children. L. Jones, obviously. So. Moving on, who else stars in this pro- film project? Well, I did not address them because I, I don't think they're majorly important. Mm, so I suppose not. There are a handful of people, but I mean, to me, there are bit actors and stuff. And actually, there were a lot of kids in there who were, I wouldn't say cannon fodder for the movie or anything, yeah. but uh, they were just, yeah, yeah just uh, so d- he's d- gets, padded out a little bit. Yeah, it, just so you guys know, unlike other sl- films where they often hire, say, 21 year olds to play. Kids you know, kids. This had a lot of a lot of ages ranges. Well, yeah, in this they had one. young kids like um, what, you're, you're in the lot, around 10, 11, 10, upwards, 11, 12 uh, and up to like eighteen, nineteen, twenty. Yeah, yeah, yeah I yeah, agree. Yeah. yeah, yeah, and some of the the camp leaders were a little bit older in the early twenties, but mm-hmm. it sort of it, had, it gave a sense of reality. Yeah, yeah it did. Yeah. I mean, I don't like the idea that they just bring in twenty-something-year-olds to play in. This type of movie. Yeah, I mean, not everyone can get away with it. Michael J. Fox did a good. He was in that TV show. Was it Family Matters or something? Yeah, rather? and Teen and Werewolf. He, yeah, no, but when he was in that, mm-hmm. he was playing a teenager, but he was actually in his twenties. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and yeah, he was so, also yeah. in mm-hmm. um, Back to the Future. He was still playing a teen. Yeah, yeah. well, yeah, but he's, already, but he's an adult playing a teen. So, but he looked, he looked, he looked young. So, yeah. not everyone can do that. So, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, let's get on to uh, the, movie the guts of it. Um, yeah. So let's. Should we um, dive into the story? Well, before we get, go into it, the guy who wrote it, um, Robert Hiltzik, whatever, mm. uh, he actually based this not on his own personal experiences, obviously, because he didn't go to a camp like this where everyone got killed. <laughs> um, but when he was younger, he did actually go to summer camps like this. 
and I believe we got the idea for writing the story based on uh, the interaction he had with the other mm. people when he was a child. And incidentally, guys, and, and I said, "Wait, can I finish?" And I was going to say, and I think he, from memory, of what I wrote, I read that he actually used the same campsite where he went when he was a child. Hmm. Now, you may take over. Yeah, so (laughs) let's dive into the story, shall we? We shall. (laughs) Yes, so it takes place many, many years before um, all this stuff happened. Yes, and where a a father with his kids are just hanging by the lake. In In the water. In the water. His name is John Baker, and his kids are named Peter and Angela. Be very and, and, and they very were, specific. They were in the water in a little sailboat, and mm. they, the kids knocked it over. Yes, accidentally. Oh, well, accidentally on purpose. <laughs> uh, and everyone yeah. was in the water. Now, this is where the problem arose, yeah. isn't it? Yeah, um, a girl named Mary Ann, who was riding a uh, speedboat with her boyfriend and another kid who was riding on, on water skis. Water skis. Yeah. They drove... or. They, they weren't they, looking where they were going. They weren't looking where they were going, mm. and they sw- and they hit. Th- went straight through them. Yeah, and killed yeah. John and well, one of the kids. Yeah, one of the kids. We won't say too much because that actually comes into the storyline, folks. Ooh. So, yeah. so eight years later, um, Angela. How, much? How many years? Eight years later. Eight, eight, eight. Oh yeah, about right. Yeah, that's what it says. Six, seven, eight years. Yeah. Oh. So. Um, it turns out Angela was most likely the one who survived, and she's living with her aunt. And she's and, a strange bird, I'll tell you right now. And her cousin Ricky, who's nice um, a nice kid, but at the same time a bit um, um, evil, bad tempered. Uh, yeah, you know, but yeah, but you know, mm-hmm. with a mother like that, crikey, I got my chops too, you know. Yeah, yeah, well, what can you do, Mike? <laughs> what can you do? So, anyway, she. Um, packs them up, ready to go to summer camp and stuff, and so, well, well, off they do, they off they go. Yay, kiddies! Yeah, and of course, um, we get the string of of young and old, young kids and older kids there, and one of the um kids, um, Ricky has a crush on named Judy. Yeah, who's, the previous year. Yes, she's developed. If yeah, that's she's. For you, um, she is developing into a fine young woman in all the right places. Okay. Yeah, in other words. Uh, <laughs> yeah, and, and considering she's supposed to be a kid, um, I don't know what a family's supposed to be, um, but yeah. she had several changes of um, yes. bathing suits and stuff. It, like almost like a model, but she wasn't model material, but she looked really good. Yeah. But I think it's a bit too much for a kid. Yeah, true. Yeah. yeah. All the time, she didn't really hit it off with Angela really well. Like she continues staring off into space at her and and, yeah, and choosing her off. Girl, yes. Is, yeah, isn't she? Yeah. And at the same time, she grows fond of another kid named. Paul, who becomes her sort of a love interest in this story. Sort of. We all want to call it that. Uh, uh, infatuation, sort of. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. That kids, the stuff kids go through, not big yeah. stuff. Yeah. There are no sex scenes in this. Uh, not the not per of. se. <laughs> not per se, indeed. Mm. So anyway. Attempted sex scenes may be behind the scenes, but yeah. that's what they go up to after hours. <laughs> yes. So anyway, our ki- kids um, are enjoying their f- first day arrival and Angela continues to be quiet with all the ki- girls in her ca- cabin and 
and it does draw attention here and there, especially between her and Judy and another girl who's the cabin leader, leader yeah, like named the, yeah, Meg. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I think her name is... Group um, or something, yeah. um, what's her name? Um, Catherine... I don't know her real... I don't know the rest of her. Oh, name. hold a little piece of paper. I'll have a look. Where are the point? Uh, Catherine Camius, I think. Yes, that's her real name. Although we'll just stick to Meg. Yeah, Catherine's good. Yes, and she, of course, um, she doesn't get on with her as well either. She got a chip on her shoulder like you wouldn't believe. Yeah, a very huge one. Anyway, um, so Move. on the, f- on the first now. night uh-huh. that they stay there, they're in the mess hall or or din- or lunch. Oh yeah, hall. Let's, let's call the mess hall. Yeah. Yes, eating yeah. their dinner and eating the curds and whey. No, 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 no. And Angela <laughs> continues to, um, you know, either not eat any food or just not talk. Oh, nibbles. She's quite like a little bird. She doesn't yeah. eat much. Doesn't do this. Doesn't yeah. do anything. It's much sort of like when I went to yeah. camp at one point, and I didn't feel impulsive to eat any of the food there because I was either homesick because I was home, home on the range. Bird. What's that? So anyway, um, <laughs> so. Ronnie, um, a nice camp council, camp, um, another camp um, volunteer, um, offers to take her into the kitchen and see if she can find something yummy oh, to eat. Oh, he's a nice guy, he was. Yeah, he's a yeah. nice guy. And next, he's a, uh, the other nice person in this movie is um, Susie, another a camp counselor. Yeah, yeah, she's a nice girl, yeah. Yeah, so she's a nice woman. Nothing too. happened to her. No, mm, no. But anyway, it's, it, Angel's taken into the kitchen. Yeah, mm. and as it turns out, um, a the chef there is a bit of a pedophile. And he and he wants to... Uh, <coughs> yes. Well, yeah, and it's a bit Pod rude, but that mm. does happen in reality, so it's yeah. part of the story. Yeah. It does work in good, doesn't it? Yeah, but and then Ricky hears about it, and, of course, um, he gets tossed around by the chef, told him to keep quiet about his behaviour, and just incidentally, when they did the scene, um, they did it to... Um, to Jonathan like several or eight times because and all the time they didn't have a stunt guy doing this role so the scene so he ends up with a few pains you know a lot of pains in his back uh, during the um, process so technically he was injured that way anyway anyway they run out of there and later the next day I'm not sure well no the same day the same day maybe yeah and someone someone um sort of scores oh, okay. the um, no, chef. No, no, no. We'll, 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 I'll just backpedal a bit here. Okay. The chef is in the kitchen with a big pot of boiling water. He's getting ready to put some corn into it. Yes, yeah, a very big And one. he has to get up there and stand on a chair because it's a, it's a very big pot. I'm yeah, saying. very. And you see someone come in, but you're seeing through their eyes. so you can't Point of view shots. Yeah, so you can't see who this person is. Yeah. But the chef... Sees them mm. and he he recognises them, but he doesn't say their name. But so it keeps us wondering. But anyway, roll yes. on. What happened to the chef? So <laughs> he ends up um, um, face first into the pot, and he burns his limbs the and his face. The whole body, yeah, the whole the body water and pours all over him. And throughout the um, scene, yeah. he's screaming in pain. And by the time the um, paramedics arrive. Um, he's still screaming in yeah, agony. That, you think a, he would have a, a morphine or something, a little rather. morphine or maybe a sleeping draft to make him yeah, go, put him out, yeah. kind of put him out. 
But actually, would help. And that was good for James Earl Jones' daddy because he got promoted to head chef. <laughs> lovely. Yeah, yes. The things that happen. Yeah. There's oh, always yeah. a, the, the old silver lining on every dark cloud, yeah. hey. And Mel, the um, owner, says, let's keep this quiet. Say he just left, all that stuff. He wanted to keep make sure that the kids don't think that there's a killer running yeah, around loose. Yeah, just in case. And it appeared to be an accident, didn't it? It did it appear did. an accident. However, However we, we know different because we saw what happened. Oh, he was knocked off the chair. Yeah, and it, the, the, the boiling water came with him and, and he had a bath. Yeah, and the um, mm. makeup job they did on that was pretty cool. Yeah, well, bugger. <laughs> so, anyway, um, much later on, um, Angela is getting friendly with Paul and, and, why not? and continuing and, why not? and continuing giving silent treatment to almost everyone around her except for well, Paul. She's shy and introverted. She's a poor little girly whirly. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, she got on um, with um, her with Paul really well, and he even asked her out on a date later on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Of course, um, later on in, in another scene, another death occurs where a boy gets drowned in a canoe of sorts. He does. And this is what this scene the next morning. Um, is where they um, discovered the body and the prop designers who made the dead bodies the in prosthetic this. Prosthetic head, was it? Yeah, oh, yeah they yeah. weren't too pleased with it for some gosh knows yeah, look, reason. Uh, to me, it's, it, it, it did the job. Well, I mean, what's it supposed to look like? You know, it's supposed to look like know. a dead head yes. which has been chewed up by yeah. some Pale, water snakes and gross. some and other, other little sea yeah. creatures, oh, 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 uh, lake creatures. Yeah. So, yeah, he had some blotchy skin and some bit bloated. And, and, he's, it, and he's covered, and his skin and face are covered in, in weeds and probably. Yeah, exactly right. Yeah. Stuff. I mean, you, you, did you ever see Jaws? Mm, yeah, I remember. Well, the first scene there, well, not the first scene, the, the first dead body, you didn't even see the body, you saw bits and pieces of it Ugh. laying in some uh, seaweed and netting and something. Ugh. That was about all you saw. You might have saw a hand, mm-hmm. you know. Um, this is a bit more you know, work was put into it. Yeah, yeah so yeah. anyway, um, they um, police arrive, they, ca- they, they take the body away in... In, in the morgue truck and Mel continues to say this was an accident and he doesn't want to frighten his kids. But, but one of the camp counselors said, well, he was a very strong swimmer though. Yes, he has. Yeah. He knows the kid and he says he has, yeah. he's, he's a good swimmer. And he even the, the, and the mm. policeman in this, I don't know his name, but I know for a fact he's, he's, you're going to remember him much later in the story, and you've got to remember his moustache in this. Oh, yeah, it's quite funny, isn't it? Yes, it is funny. He had a nice moustache in the beginning. Do you want to tell him now? Well, <laughs> let me see. In this scene, he it's a real moustache, but then he gets called away to do another film project that requires him to remove his moustache for, for, for that role he was doing. And when he came back, they had to... They were pretend one. A pretend. It looked really cheesy and horrible. Yeah, it, was, it, no, it didn't, didn't match the colour. And by the time you... And, s- the, and the close-up, it looked so fake. You might as well draw on a yeah, yeah, marking pen or something. It's like yeah, someone it just really painted bad. it there or just... No, no, I, I could see it. But you put on the, this great, uh, fake hair stuff and a bit of spirit gum back in those days. And look, I've done better... Well, I used to go to masquerade parties back in that when I was a young guy. Mm. I'd do my own makeup. Mm-hmm. Yeah, a bit of this, a bit of that, fake hair, whatever. Mm. I'd do a better job than that. It looked yes. terrible. Yes. You know, yeah. yeah. <laughs> anyway, the um, guy who's in charge continues to think that he knows the identity of the killer in this. Like he's, 
he knows right away that it might be Ricky because he's um, a well, he's troublemaker. Yeah, he, and he's protecting his cousin. Yeah, he becomes oh. overprotect, becomes a really annoying ass trick yeah. when in yeah, the and, and, and to me, that's why look at his attitude. He was a really tough little nugget with an attitude chip on his shoulder. And he's a likely candidate, isn't he? Uh-huh, yeah. <laughs> but you can't... Uh, even my sister, who was watching it with us the other night, she right away says, it's, it's definitely Ricky who's doing all these murders. He's a noisy little boy. Yes. Yeah, even I watched this a while get back with Mike, and he even said, it's definitely Rick doing this. Even So, yeah. Although a lot of people often say, it's usually the quiet person in the background that may be the, the surely, cause of it. Surely Angela wouldn't be doing it. She's such a cute little girl. Yeah, well, <laughs> never judge a book by its cover, is what I always say. <laughs> so, anyway. Um, so, let me see. Oh, yeah, now I remember. Um, so, there was another scene where um, Angela is continues to hang out with Paul. And during a scene where they're doing one of those capture the flag things. Oh, yeah, yeah. Wait, um, the night before, actually, I should say, they were hanging out on the beach, and when before Paul and Angela could get down nitty-gritty, she freaks out and runs away. Yeah, he was trying to uh, grope her. Yeah, Yeah, and... Yeah, and she got scared and ran away, which is only a young girl, and she did the right thing. Yeah, true, true. And, of course, she admits it in when they play the flag game saying she just wasn't ready and all that stuff and she tries to turn off the um tries to pretend to be shy again in the scenes and while they were capturing the flag she sees paul um making out a little bit with judy yeah well mm, but i think she was hitting on him and not and pestering him more than him hitting on her. Uh-huh. I don't think he really liked it, but she had all the makings of yeah. fun night. Anyway, uh-huh. uh, no, hey, hey, yes. naughty. Yes. <laughs> don't say so things like that. She There's even says listening. in the um, in a cabin scene, telling Angela that she's not she's under development. For Scotch well, days. she looks a bit flat chested, so, but you're looking at a twelve and thirteen year old girl. Some develop later and some develop earlier that's just the, their genes yeah. and that sort of stuff she even so, picks yeah. on about that she's never gone to the showers like everyone else's yeah because she's shy yes uh, like the yeah and it's Judy will say hey he probably doesn't even have any hair down there you know it's like, and she's just one of those nasty little yeah you know, she mingles yes yeah, it's not mingle Yes. yes, she was pretty mm-hmm. much um, asking for it when Susie slaps her in the face, telling her what's what. Yeah. yeah. I would have slapped her around. If it was my kid, I'd slap her around, yeah. Yeah, so... Yeah, like, an attitude, yeah. probably, you wouldn't believe. Yeah, yeah. so yeah. later on, when she's on the beach, she gets um, another attack by from Megan and, and Judy, and they threw her into the water, and while this is all happening, um, Mel, the, young, the guy in charge... Um, accuse Rick of being the killer. And he starts um, grabbing him, saying, I know it's you, I know it's you, all that stuff, even though he has no proof, to be honest. And when Angela's thrown in the water, Rick goes there and helps her out. And he, he whispers, to, tells her, these people won't get away with it, we're going to make them pay. And this is where it gets kind of sketchy. Megan is pretty much um, getting down to the having a, a day off that night and she asked Mel to have a bit of a dinner date which and, and these are the big people say so Mel, Mel's about in his 
late 50s, 60s, 50s or 60s, there. I think. And she's probably in the 20s. I think she was. She was looking um, to suck up the management uh, yeah. and maybe put out a bit so she get more money out of him for doing the jobs. Who uh-huh. knows? Yeah, more yeah. benefits. So yeah. she goes off into the, the bathroom to get um, clean. clean. And while the, there is, it's a, a bit of a queue, so she goes next door, which is a vacant cabin, to get herself cleaned. So that night she does a bit of a clean and the next moment we have a sort of a Norman Bates psycho yeah, theme where but, but someone we stabs a, Yeah, through. we don't see. A knife comes through this, was it material sort of? Um, it was one of those um, um, shower, shower curtain yeah. things. Yeah, it just came through and, and the got her and stabbed her and she died in the shower. Oh, Alfred Hitchcock would have been pleased, pleased. with this one, yeah. And um, yeah, again, we don't see the person who did it. Hmm. Right, right. But, yeah, everyone's going, ah, Ricky mm-hmm. did it. Ah. Yeah, yeah. Anyway. Yeah, anyway. Um, Ricky's gone to um, to get something to eat. And while this is happening, Mel comes into the to the shower. And, and right away, he is definitely bent on getting Ricky and trying to get him. Well, yeah, we well, think Ricky's got attitude yeah. problem, boys. Yeah. Girls. Meanwhile, Paul yeah. and Angela have a set time to meet up. I won't go into it just yet for that scene, and but it comes much later on. So, meanwhile, another camp, some of the campers are being, you know, dri- driven out to do a bit of a camping, you know, you know, tents and stuff. And while the the guy who's in charge is guiding, looking after them, two of them want to go back to the car because they want to go back to the main camp. Yeah, a bit sookies, yeah. Emos, yeah. hey guys. Yes. <laughs> and when he comes back, the kids are practically hacked up. Oh, not practically. That a very good job. Mm-hmm. But these kids had teased Angela earlier on that yeah, day yeah. Uh, when she was uh, yeah. teased by um, um, Judy, Judy and, and the other Mel. one. Uh, Megan. Megan. Yeah, uh, and so they gave a hard time for him in the water and his little kids were going, nye, 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 and, and being rude and horrible. So, revenge is sweet. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yes, quite right. So anyway, um, we then return back to the um, campsite and Judy is just making out with her latest fling and he leaves because he just want to get coming. caught. So she is alone d- doing her... H- um, t- you know, her hair. It's not like a curling wand or something, was yeah, it? Yeah, I think yeah. it looked like a curly yeah. wand. I don't know. This. I haven't got any hairs, <laughs> you know. <Yeah>. Yes. <coughs> yes. <me>. So, <coughs> um, a weird um, black silhouette figure comes through the door and we don't see him properly. We just make out it could be Rick or Ricky or It looked like somebody about Ricky's shape and size standing yeah. in the doorway. Yes. More so, of a silhouette than yeah. anything else. Only we know that... Dear old Judy knows him, and right away, well, you you throughout this movie, you do see a lot of point of view shots yeah, in but, this but, scene. But Judy says, "Oh, what are you doing here?" And yeah. that's it. So, so yeah, you, so and yeah. she gets mm. hit in the face. She goes down for the count, and he, the he, guy, takes a pillow and takes the um hair wand, the killing one thing, and and, the, and puts it in a very tender part of her body. And it's just like something out of Hitchcock leading up to the imagination of the viewer, you guess it, 
she was just, she's been killed by the. Well, that would have called the hair down there, wouldn't it? No. Not just that. <laughs> anyway. But anyway, she died. Yes. So <laughs> the body's um, um, placed underneath the bed to avoid aim detections. Yeah, initial detection. Yeah. Yes. What a good move. I think so. Very neat. House proud. Yeah. Yes. Hide yeah. the bodies. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Soon enough, um, Rick is being attacked by this by Mel, and he soon enough gets. Um, injured. Not yeah, he's yeah. not dead. He's just injured. Yeah, Mel really goes off. He's oh, yeah, yeah. He goes he off. He's looking for sex. Having off that girl. Yeah, yes, but, and yeah, somehow he keeps. Mm. He knows that this would mean prison time for beating up a kid, and so he wants to leave. But then, guess what? He ends up on the archery range, and guess <laughs> who's there? He sees a killer, the, the and killer, he yeah, again. shoots an arrow right through the neck. Yeah. His and then neck. you start thinking, well, it can't be Ricky because he's laying on the ground half beaten to death. Yeah. And somebody else is in the archery area and shoots him through the neck. So yes. it ain't Ricky, is it? Ah. Yes. So anyway, the camp counsellors, they call the police and they start scouring the place to find out if there's any other victims or any missing people. They noticed that Angela and Paul are not there, so they had to go and do a search. And they heard a bit of a noise down near the lake or something, wasn't it? Yeah, so Ronnie and Susan, they both go and try to look for Angela and Paul, and they find Angela sitting there with the... um, Naked. Naked. Well, for back to the camera, thank you. Yes, (laughs) and we see um, in our hands um, Paul's head... In the shot. And his body was there too. And sort of in the same general area. Yes. And then <laughs> as they, Susan and Ronnie approach, he they we get a flashback to when Angela first arrived at her aunt's and Rick's place where um, she her aunt is going on about how great she's gonna have a little girl and yeah. bought all these beautiful clothing for him her to wear. And we then see for ourselves that it's not Angela. Well, we, it didn't look like Angela, did it? No. It did have more of a boy's features. No, because um, the rest of his head is covered in bandages. I because he got hit by this motorboat thing, yes. yeah. Anyway, um, so we then realise it's actually Peter that survived. Yeah, the, yeah, yeah. And, and Angela actually died. Yes. But the, but the aunt wanted the little girl to live there, so... Peter yes. became Angela and was yeah. treated like a girl. And mm. then we flash back to the present and we see um, Angela turn and we see Paul's head being decapitated off his yeah, body. Yeah, it's, it's, it's a roll on the floor or the ground or something. Yeah. She stands up, faces and the camera. And hisses at... Yeah, like a wild animal. <sighs> and she's standing there, girl's head, Angela's head, and but a boy's body. Yeah, boy's and genitals. If you know what I mean, she... Yeah. she the person was naked, so you can yeah, yeah you can see. Yeah. Yeah. Yes, just so you guys Free know, Lily. Yeah. Lisa Rose, her mother didn't was they uh, were thinking the directors at the time were thinking of putting a strap on 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 Felicity's parts to make it look like a man a guy, but her mother objected to this idea, so they end up bringing in a guy a to be a body double and yeah. have be able to wear a now, mask. Does he like, get any credit for that role? That um, I think he did, but and but we don't see him again for for any for any other yeah. roles. Because he was, yeah, he, all you saw, he, no, no lines, no nothing. He was just standing there and, 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 put, and, and uh, put her head on his body. So he didn't really get a big part, did he? Yeah. And so the, we fade yeah. to to um, a, a flitter green and the credits roll. 
leaving up to the rolling, 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 cut. Rolling. So that's pretty much um, that's an f- interesting ending to so, the movie. So yeah, interesting. Uh, that, that little twist at the end where Angel stands up and you find Angel's actually Peter, that was a really good twist. And I, I, think, I think that's a part that makes this movie, I think. Yeah. Because everyone's going, oh, it's got to be Ricky, it's got to be Ricky. Then Ricky gets beaten up and then they, mm. there's another killing. He's like, oh, it ain't Ricky. Mm-hmm. Who is it? And a few minutes later we find out, we're near the end of the movie, and we find out it's Angela who's actually Peter. Ha <laughs> ha. Great. Mm-hmm. Alfred Hitchcock would have loved it. He yeah. would have. Oh, yes. Yeah, so after this, they there's actually two um, separate sequels to this to this movie. Uh, um, you take over. I don't so want to sequel. The first yeah. ones were done, uh, well, after Felicity Rose. She was in college at this time, and the new script idea, after I said that it, it, the, copy, the copyright was sold to someone else, so the series was done by a different director after that. So, um, but the um, direction the um, the director was going for turned out to be nothing that Felicity could gel with. Yeah. So they ended up getting another actress <clears throat> named Pamela Springton, who's a young sister to the boss at the time. Aha. Uh-huh. So, uh-huh. Is, is it Springsteen? Yeah, Springsteen. Yeah, Sorry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So anyway, yeah. she has done... Um, um, number two and three to this movie that was done in 1988 and another one in 1989. So they were doing it both, probably filming at the same time, at the, that, in the same year. Yeah. Anyway, um, they also had a th- fourth install, fourth um, installment of Sleepaway Camp at the time, but they kind of um, had trouble with that one because, according to it, um, the um, the directors kind of went bankrupt during the filming, causing the production to sh- cut sh- to shut down. Roughly, they had 34 minutes of footage was shot before the shutdown, so they didn't actually have enough footage to make a film. Although yeah. most of the time they did, and that, that's kind of really cheap. <laughs> yeah, but they did cut it, and they used mm-hmm. a lot of old footage from the for the from the three other films to try to complete it all even though it didn't really work sadly yeah yeah but of course as i mentioned earlier that there they did do return to sleepaway camp and that's where robert returns to do do the final that final movie for okay, that yeah. okay yeah. okay they've done a bit now mm-hmm. i'm just going to go into a bit of a, <coughs> a behind the scenes or stuff now the filming of a sleepaway camp actually took place uh, at a place in Argyle, New York, uh, near Summit Lake, and the, there was a camp there formerly known as Camp. Now I don't know how to pronounce this word. It's it's A L G O N Q U I N, Algonquin, whatever. I don't know. But um, yeah. anyway, um, but Robert Hiltzik went. He attended that camp as a child, like I said earlier. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the movie was, it was filmed over a five-week period mm. at a budget of $350,000. He paid the children in lollies, obviously. Yeah, mostly, or something. <laughs> well, lollies, uh, candy bars, Coke. Actually, and that's one thing I noticed. There was, a, there was a couple of Pepsi signs strategically placed hither and thither. Now, I don't know whether that was product placement or just accident of the... Uh, 
the filming or whatever. But yeah, mm. it, uh, to me, it looked like product placement. Mm, Pretty like obvious. Yeah, yeah. Well, did, anything did Pepsi to sponsor it? Anything to um, maybe back it as much as they could. Yeah. And um, what else? What else? What else? Was I? Um, yeah, Sarah said earlier that uh, they use a lot of kids there to play kids. You didn't have adults playing kids, you know, like young adults mm-hmm. playing teenagers and stuff. So they, they try to keep true to it, so local school mm-hmm. kids and stuff. Yeah, and, yeah. and a lot of people keep going, keep you. Keep going back to um, Friday the 13th whenever they well, watch this movie. They had similar camp sort of things of similar and, age brackets, but mm-hmm. you know, yeah. And just about a lot of, um, at this time, they probably made a lot of um, camp slasher films at this time. So there was like a, there was a lot of competition for the best um, slasher, you know, campfire movie out there. You'd be surprised how many of us have been out there. Yeah. Yeah. A bit of a surprise, you'd be surprised. <laughs> yeah, actually, I was going to say that um, it's in some ways, it hasn't been likened to Friday the 13th or anything, but in the same sort of thing, the amount of killings, mm-hmm. I think, would have rivaled it quite nicely. Mm-hmm. We had quite many killings. We had the guy in the kitchen. Yes. Then we had the uh, that nasty camp leader girl, Meg or Megan, Meg. I don't know. Uh, you had that guy sitting on the toilet. Yeah. Oh yeah, I forgot. Um, we, we, sorry, we, guys. No, forget, um, we don't. We're not going to do a retro. There was a scene in that movie <laughs> yeah. where um, one of the guys was going to the toilet on the end, and they threw a beehive through and the window. And yeah, they yeah. kind of locked him in there, and they they threw a beehive or a wasp nest into yeah, the um, okay, so thing. They go on the canoe. That's four. Yeah. Um, all those kitties. Who were that's five, six, seven, yeah. maybe. I think so. the um, director said, or director of the. Producer said that that he wasn't too proud of that scene. Oh yes, there's got to be at least ten, ten dead body counts in that. Yeah, that, that was wasn't too bad. That really makes a really good death yeah, scene yeah. for. for and movie. and they were creative ideas. Oh, yeah, they were. Pretty the toilet good. scene was good. Um, yeah, it didn't um, yeah. show any real flies in the in the actual hive, but when you see the body or the um, prop of the body, you see a lot of flies and burns on the poor. Well, burns. That, that, that's a reacting to all the poisons from the other things on the yeah. on the insects. Yeah, yes. but it was good. That I think must have at least at least ten, maybe possibly eleven death count. So yeah, that would have rivaled you know, Michael Myers and Jason and and all the other guys who had their doing, yeah, you know, strutting their stuff and mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. Yeah, and who would have thought the final girl would turn out to be the murderer in the end? Yeah, yeah, that that was a twist. Like I said, I like a twist in a movie. Yeah, you would have thought. Yeah. thought um, I imagine a lot of people would have thought that Angela would be the final girl. Poor this, little girl. Maybe. I mean, considering that we always are bent on looking for the final girl in the movies these days. Yeah, of course. Because usually it's the innocent, the girl, the um, the quiet girl, the nerdy girl, or the person who just doesn't is not really popular, usually. But but yeah. also there's the moments when you think the quiet girl could have a secret, and she, boy did she boy want. did she have one. And I think to, we were bordering on that that thought when we were thinking of um, Angela and Judy, and we were thinking that maybe last well, we were thinking last night that yeah. just maybe Angela may have a confusing crush on well, Judy. Well, see, see, Angela was really Peter. Now the Peter actually let let let's let's line the psycho. Now Norman Bates had two personalities. I think Angela had two personalities. She had. The original Peter personality, mm. who had been suppressed, and and she was made into Angela by a, a crazy auntie. Mm. Now, 
she's acting as a girl, uh, brought up like a girl, um, whatever, dressing, carrying out the likes, dislikes. But underneath, she still has boy uh, tendencies, emotions, instincts, whatever, which have been suppressed. What is her duty? Now, she's a hot little number, whoever the girl is. She looks really, really good. And and the the Peter part, which has been suppressed, must have been attracted to her, I think. Yeah, even though she she never gave her a kind word or even said anything nice or anything. But maybe um, from most points when she wasn't exactly making a a obfuscation over Angela of making out that she's a... um, teasing her all the time. She often thought she was attractive when she wasn't paying much attention to her. Yes, uh, you never know. It, that doesn't come out, but you start to think, hmm, Peter, uh, yeah, he's probably going, oh, see, he looks really nice. Yeah, because but, remember, yeah. In, there was a scene when Paul kisses Angela in, at, at her first kiss, so you understand, and she doesn't respond right away to she it. She's a like, bit cool. She was cool, like she, she doesn't know re- how to react. Well, yes, well... See, Angela was crazy, but she wasn't. Oh, look, I'm going to say, she wasn't gay, she wasn't a bisexual, so she's actually a boy who's been made to be a girl, So, mm. but wants to be a boy, maybe, subconsciously. I don't know. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, well, it doesn't help. You that it doesn't come out in the movie, but yeah. you, you start to wonder what's going on in the yeah, poor kids. There head. was also in a mm. flashback that mm. her dad and her his boyfriend. Yeah, yeah her were dad, in, dad was a bisexual, yeah. by sounds. Or well, got in a gay relationship or something. Yeah, and. Yeah. That probably came sticking inside her Angela's head a couple of times. Didn't want to go there. Yeah, yes. yeah, maybe. I don't know. It's and she probably was confused about her feelings for Paul as well as her feelings for Judy, you know? Yeah. I mean, it doesn't make sense. I know no, you guys no, are probably because, thinking... No, well, yeah, you've got, you got two things. The female part, the Angel bit like Paul, and the Peter part inside her wanted Judy... Yeah, so it does make perfect sense if you if you've got two personalities. Mm, true. Yeah. I mean, it's even the sequel sort of um, of Sleepaway Camp. Um, she pretty much did have a um, a male attraction to the fi- to Molly and mm-hmm. and, and uh, what's her name. Um, uh, Masha, uh, she, they, I mean, in both these sequ- both sequels, she was um, remotely attracted to the gir- the final girls in those movies. Like she kind mm. of had a feeling for them, yeah. even though it's never brought to our attention just that she felt a soft spot for them. Mm. I know it sounds silly, but that's how I feel. That that's a very confused. It's Ooh. a confusing thing when you think about it. Yes. Yeah. Well. Whatever. Yes, yeah, so um, it, 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 it gets. Mm, yeah. Yes, I mean, does that? I mean, uh, how else we explain her distant stares at Judy? Like, I I keep thinking. Wait, wait let me think. Um, a lot of guys would often stare at girls, but they they don't have the. Um, some of them may be too shy to open up and say, "Ooh, she's pretty" and all that stuff. Most guys are. They tend to. They get tongue tied, and then maybe that's what Angela was feeling tongue tied because of. Her even and a little confused because she's not supposed to be horny for a girl, right? Right, Dan? Well, exactly right. Actually, I've got something written down here uh, a, a film review. Um, now, um, I think there's the right place. In the Chula, C H U L A 
Vista Star News. It says here, a tasteless picture about mysterious murders at a summer youth camp that obscenely blends beheadings, stabbings, pubescent impulses, homosexuality and transvestitism with a cast of junior high school actors. Mm. And the news press said, a shockingly good slasher film. Mm -hmm. If you use a relatively fine first Friday the 13th as a measure stick. Mm. So you either like it or you don't like it, depending on the critic is. I like it. Yeah, I think it has an interesting story there. It's not, it's, to me, it's not a police movie. Mm. But um, as some of these cult movies are made on a low budget, you don't expect too much polish. Yeah. But you do, you do expect a good storyline continually and yeah 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 as i was saying earlier about angela being programmed into a girl she by her aunt her aunt um she probably tried to reason that her a way why she's always staring at her at judy and that led her to confusion about whether or not she was purely um sexually interested in judy or just you know, thinking of other things about her, <laughs> which um, which she didn't even it doesn't really matter because the stare was it it kind of is creepy and both interesting, right, Dad? Yeah, yeah, like a mix like a mixture of feelings could be coming off there, and she's probably disguising them, right, Dad? Mm, yeah, mm. I think I think you got a point there. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> Yes. Actually, I'll, I'll just go. I've got a few other notes here. Um, the um, the lady who played Aunt Martha, um, mm. I think Desiree Gould, uh, is um, I wouldn't say over the top, but yeah, yeah, it's, it's really weird. And uh, <laughs> I mean, she's supposed to be a doctor herself, and I'm surprised she hasn't been put in a hospital somewhere. Yeah, well, I think in return of the sleep and wake camp, I wouldn't be surprised she, she's she was a, thrown into it after she, being um, she's uh, a, being forcing her eight, her Angela to act like a girl for the last oh, eight yeah, years. But that's not it, but Would there be a crime against doing oh, that? It's not a crime per se, but she, but. Yeah, I don't, th- I don't think she had all the marbles. I mean, she was totally weird. Yeah, she didn't exactly yeah. have. She was short of um. A sandwich short of a picnic, folks. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Had a t- one too many bats in the belfry, you know. Exactly. <laughs> she was. Yeah, she. No, I mean, I'm not saying anything now about Desiree Gould herself. <laughs> she played a good part. But yeah. if that's what they wanted to come across as a really weird aunt, she gave it her best shot. <laughs> yeah, well, it is a bit weird. And I wouldn't be surprised um, that was probably what caused her husband, her character's husband, to leave her because she was a few marbles short. Well, she short. was divorced, was she? Okay, yeah, yeah. Remember, yeah. Um, I can remember. At the beginning of the movie, they oh, said right. yeah, that yeah, 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 yeah. Ricky was hanging out with his father. Yeah, and that's right, yeah, yeah. So yeah. that Well, I mean, ha- I wouldn't want to marry her. Me neither. Yeah. yeah me out just thinking that so anyway how would you rate this movie mike now i have used an expression before it is what it is okay now i can't liken this to a full-blown high budget commercial movie so i'm going to put it aside in its own little 
genre of a low-budget, well-made slasher film. Okay, mm. now bearing in mind it had its limitations in budget and whatever, and they had kids and they and you don't work with kids and animals; it's really hard. Now, um, <laughs> I'll gonna, I'm going to say that the producers and directors gave it a really good shot, and I'm going to have to give it say eight and a half. Mm. Yes. Yeah, I mean that. They've done a really good... It could have been a tad better polished here and there. But again, it is what it is. I wouldn't yeah. mark it down any further because of the other constraints. I think it's damn good watching mm -hmm. if you like these sort of movies. Yeah. Got it. So <laughs> I definitely would recommend this movie to anyone who hasn't seen it yet. And I, I'm not sure about the return to Sleepaway Camp because... The, as I said before, Robert has never um, never adapted his filmmaking skills very much over the years. And he was brought back in to try to, by the audience, to to create a new another se a sequel after all that. Yeah. So, anyway, irrespective. Irrespective. I think, good movie. So, I like the, um, the um, point of view shots. A lot of people often told me in the past, why do you use so many point of view shots in your films? It, I, it adds to suspense and it yeah. gives them the audience, um, keeps the audience guessing what's going on. Yeah, you don't see everything. And, and actually, if you see everything, it maybe gets a bit boring, but if you've got that little bit of, like Sarah said, suspense, you're going, ooh, what happened just then? This person's looking at something or somebody or whatever. Mm. Ooh. Uh, yeah, yeah it does build up. Yeah. So your yeah. own mind starts to build the suspense up, even without the director doing it. Exactly. I mean, that's how I feel when I was making my Attack of the Cat People story to make it, give it some suspense, keep people guessing, and and get the story, give people yeah. a, a reason to think about the characters yeah. and who's watching them and who's. Yeah. Should they trust? Yeah, I mean, a, a good director plays it how he sees it. Now, look, Alfred Hitchcock was supposed to be the master of suspense. He did a lot of good, interesting things, which got people on the edge of their seats in some of his movies. Some of his early movies are crap too. Pardon, yeah, you know, don't pardon. Yeah, I mean, he, he, yeah it, that's a matter of uh, history. No, a matter of history. Mm. But he did his early stuff. Yeah, he was learning. But once he learned his trade mm. and he figured out how to get it happening, mm. he made some damn fine moves. And and I mean, Psycho is probably the best movie he ever made. Even got people up north by Northwest and all the other stuff. Psycho. Mm. Uh, what would you call it? Would you call it a? I call it um, a uh, bit of a suspense horror. Suspense um, horror, yeah, horror maybe. It's it's cross, but it's, it's a suspense thriller. Horror. Again, it, it's it's not straight horror. Again, guys, yeah. I'll look at. Yeah. We'll probably look at doing that next yeah. time later on. But what I'm going to say is that he used those sort of techniques to get people. Hmm. Ooh, what's happening here? Ooh, hmm. what's happening there? And when something came along, it wasn't a jump scare. It was well like being run over by a truck scare. That it really come out like you just don't see things coming. It just whack. And so that's what a good director does. Yes. Mm. Anyway. And it's got um, good. How yeah. I rate this movie, I am. Um, I probably will give it, um, well, I'm not going to give it a lower score because there seems to be a lot of things I like about this one. I like the um, shots, I like the suspense, and I like the chemistry between characters. So I'll give it, um, um, let me see, um, nine and a half Ooh. out of ten. That's not bad, folks. Hey, mm -hmm. yes. But uh, no, good, good. I'm um, not good. Job well done by the director. But I um, mean, you, um, you got to say, hey, kids. Considering you're a bunch of kids, I don't know if the kids are acting actors or whatever. The kids who were there did a damn good job. And working with kids is so hard mm. because they're not 
what's the word, disciplined like an adult. Mm. And yeah, so yeah, no, but a five week shoot, mm-hmm. that wasn't bad. Mm-hmm. Uh, but did you say that Angel Girl had to change schools or something, really? Um, yeah, somehow, um, after they finished filming it and it was released in cinemas, um, she got a lot of um, got a lot of bullying from from students. I imagine her seeing as her character reveals that she's the boy and that sort of stuff. stuff and yeah. It probably brought on about a lot of um, negative people telling her, giving her p- pains about yeah, it. Yeah, so, yeah, Felicity Rose had to change schools. Yeah, kids can be really down Again, right, I don't nasty know the f- horrible, I don't know the full story. She yeah, may have just yeah. got... I mean, a lot of actors, I imagine, got picked on the, by the current yeah. roles in, in yeah, the past. Yeah, but she's a kid, and kid, kids do that. Mm-hmm. I mean, if, if I... If, if, if another person my age was a, a weird role, that no one would care less. Mm. Oh, it's just a role. But when kids are in it, the, you know, kids can be just so nasty and... Mm. And horrible and stuff. Yeah, even yeah. I imagine even the most popular movies over the years, um, a lot of kids would have been approached and egged on about their roles, even if it's a, the most popular TV show in the world. They probably would have been still teased. Well, actually, <coughs> remember this is not a TV show. We do we do talk about books sometimes, but remember Christopher Robin mm-hmm. out of the Winnie the Pooh thingies. Yeah, now the so guy who wrote vaguely. his dad, mm-hmm. who wrote the um, the books. Well, his son. Uh, the real boy who Chris Robin was based on, he got a lot of trouble at school because everyone said, oh, your dad's writing these books and you must be Christopher Robin. And yeah, I think he used the same name too. Yeah. And he got picked on to the nth degree and then people wanted to interview him. And he had a rough, a rough time at school. He was just picked on yeah. to the nth degree and he must have had a miserable life. Oh, uh, yeah. Mm. It was like a, he was yeah. like a celebrity, you know. He didn't want to be. But he didn't want to be. He just wanted to be a kid. And even he didn't want anything to do with his dad's royalties from the book either. Yeah. From what I understand. Yeah, but anyway, irrespective. Irrespective. That, that, that's another. That's that, another story. That, that, yeah, that's, that's a story of another day. Yeah. Even though it's not really well, we'll probably look at well, doing uh, a, a, sh- um, a, a bit of a short um talk about um directors or writers we yeah, yeah, may well, like yeah, to talk about. Yeah, one day we might get yeah we might do more of an industry based chat instead of a movie based chat one day. Yeah. Yes. Talk about some of our favorite guys like yeah. Alfred Hitchcock's got to be in there. George Lucas has to be in there. Spielberg has to be in there. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. All the good guys. But yeah, mm-hmm. and some of the lesser known guys. But yeah. Because yeah, with James Cameron and mm-hmm. other people, I mean, there's some really good guys in the industry that people don't hear about. They see the the picture, the movie, whatever. That was great, but they don't know who made it. The mm-hmm. guy, the screenwriters who come around consistently. Mm. Like early early stuff was done, but Robert Block. Robert Block was a prolific writer of mainly TV stuff, mm-hmm. but he did also movies as well. He didn't he do Psycho? Yes. Uh, but he also did things like um ah. Oh. Wasn't that um 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 Sp- Stefano whatever? Stefano. Oh, sorry, yeah, that's Stefano. Yeah, no, the book no, Stefano. But Stefano did that. But the book was done by Robert Block. Mm. The original yeah. book that was made of it. Mean, yeah. That's a, but yeah. but you don't hear about Robert Block. You don't hear about Stefano and stuff. Stefano got in the TV series and other things. Robert Block did some of his stuff was taken in there. So we're going to talk about these guys as well. Yeah, of course. But we'll make it interesting, obviously. Yes. So is that everything we need to discuss? I about this think movie? so. Now, I'll just um, I do. I did mention uh, on on a previous um chat um uh, a review. That um, if anybody's got any ideas of movies that you may want us to consider reviewing, mm. um, yeah, send, send your ideas in. Because, yeah. I mean, 
We we we've got. I got thousands of movies to go yeah. through. Mm. Sarah's got some she wants to do. Yeah. Um, but if there's something you want us, yeah. if you think's really good, yeah, we'll give it a go. Maybe. Also, guys, if if you do send these things in, uh, be aware that we have a long list of likely people who have been contacting us. And oh, great. So, um, if we don't answer your your messages right away that's because we have like a we're long busy. we're very busy but we'll still read them we'll still read them we'll still read them and we'll listen to your comments and yeah. and all that but if we can't do it right away we're well but we'll, we'll cue it we'll cue we'll, it yeah, for yeah. another time if, if it's worth all yeah and it will and we'll come back and hopefully be able to say thank you charlie brown suggested this movie when we actually do the podcast Right. How's that? And really, you, right, you become famous throughout the world then. Mm-hmm. Quite right. Anyway, are we ready to rock and roll? Yeah, I think we're ready to r- r- wrap this up this time Ooh. around. So thanks for listening to our podcast. I'll see you guys. We'll see you. We'll talk to you again next time. Uh, this is Sarah Stevenson saying, Unpleasant dreams. Bye, folks. See you around. Bye.